0: But when I saw firsthand what LEC was doing, it was so compelling to me that I said, that I'll do, because I really believe, just like Jesus used 12 people, right, just like you could equate spitting in the ocean to a faith of a mustard seed, this is how you change the world. It's how you change the world. You take that one kid from gangs, drugs, kids that they don't parent, and incarceration, and you change that kid to married, job, raise their children in the nourishment and admonition of the Lord, it changes the world. Welcome
1: to Mid South Viewpoint. I'm Myron Thomas. In for Byron Tyler, we're here with Jerry Corliss today. Man, this has been some good stuff Uh, talking about leadership in the city, leadership in the city, the importance of leadership, the importance of godly leadership in the city. Jerry uh, works with Capital Financial, been serving on our board of directors of the Leadership Empowerment Center now for um, about five years and. Just really excited to have you on. Welcome back, Jerry. Thank you. Good to be back. Yes, sir. I just want to share a little bit. I know we've talked a lot about the Leadership Empowerment Center. Just want to share a little bit um, with the audience today about Leadership Empowerment Center. It's a nonprofit organization in the Fraser community that's been around for now um, almost 25 years. And so we've been serving in an underserved community, building leaders, building leaders, uh, developing disciples. Sending kids to college, just investing our lives into the lives of so many of our kids in the community. We've adopted several schools in the community. We earn the right to be heard with kids, going to the schools, their relationships with the kids, and they come to our after-school programs. We have tutoring programs, after-school club, which we call Teen Night, and we also have a leadership program. Leadership program is our flagship where we have about 20 leaders, and we pour our lives into 20 leaders in we pour our lives into the leaders to pour their lives into other leaders in the community. And God has truly been blessing this organization. We have leadership programs that we actually do inside the school as well. And so we're, we're really excited that we get to pour our lives into the lives of kids to pour their lives into the lives of others. And so our leadership program is titled Change Agents because the kids that we're serving are becoming change agents in their homes and in their community. We're seeing first-generational Christians, first-generational college students, and so it's truly mind-blowing. And so um, glad to have you and people like you on the team to help enhance what we do in the Fraser area.
0: Yeah, and before we jump into anything else, man, I just want to say just your introduction of that reminds me of a conversation I had with a man who is a, a guy that I love. Right. But yeah. I think in this conversation, his perspective was completely wrong. Right. We're just talking about problems that we have in the city. And I talked to him about Leadership Empowerment Center and the work that's being done there. And he said, Oh, man, and this is a quote, y'all are just spitting in the ocean. Mm. And I just want to say, like, for anybody that's listening to this, right. So, yeah, you know, we, it's five or six kids per class year from sixth grade through 12th grade. And in a single generation, going from statistically maybe not graduating high school or certainly not graduating high school with high academics, certainly not traditionally going to go to college, to in a single generation excelling academically, going to college, and graduating college. And then in addition to that, right, so if if we just want to talk about honest and raw narratives from a kid that grows up, gets in a gang, sells drugs, Maybe has a number of children that they don't actively parent and ultimately gets incarcerated versus that child growing up being in the Leadership Empowerment Center program, the leadership program. They go all the way through junior high, all the way through high school, graduate college get married, raise their children in the nourishment and admonition of the Lord, have a job, participate as an additive member of society. If we look at the difference from that one person and you ripple that out through the course of time, I think it's literally, and this is the reason why I'm involved with it, I'm 45 now, but when I joined this board, initially I wouldn't even join a board because I said, "Listen, I'm too busy right now, I've got my own spiritual life, I've got my family I to take care of, and I've got a business to run. Participate in. And I don't have to, it's not the right season in my life to be on a board. But when I saw firsthand what LEC was doing, it was so compelling to me that I said, that I'll do because I really believe, just like Jesus used 12 people, right? Just like you could equate spitting in the ocean to a faith of a mustard seed, this is how you change the world. It's how you change the world. You take that one kid from gangs, drugs, kids that they don't parent, and incarceration, and you change that kid to married job, raise their children in the nourishment, admonition of the Lord. It changes the world. What's your first question, though?
1: (laughs) Well, let me pick the mic back up (laughs) because I just dropped the mic. I just dropped the mic. Man, that's powerful. That's powerful. And God is blessing us that we get to see indigenous leaders uh, in our community. In 06, we changed our, our our model to ministry and how we did ministry. The name of our organization was Youth Visions, and we changed it to the Leadership Empowerment Center because we took the Jesus approach when Jesus invested his life into 12 people. And in that 12, he had three, and in the three, he had one, and he poured his life into those men, and they changed the world. And so we begin to to develop that approach Because we were really trying to focus on gang leaders and gang, you know, guys that was just deeply rooted in the gang. But we were neglecting the kids that were, we called our fat kids, faithful, available, and teachable kids. We were neglecting those kids. And we didn't spend any time with those kids. But those kids were valedictorians of Tresmond High School, but they didn't go to college. Or they were saluting Tories and they went to college and they came back pregnant. Or they came back the next year. And so we begin to invest our lives in kids that said, you know what, if I had a mentor, if I had an opportunity, if I had uh, resources, if I had people that cared about me, that would help take me by the hand and give me exposure to life outside of what I see every day, I would go that extra mile. And we've seen a paradigm shift in our community. And so now we have kids that we've taken on college tours 15 years ago that's now, as we speak, Taking a group of kids on college tours now. So we're seeing that people that's come through the program that move back into the community that's working for a leadership empowerment center. So man, what you're saying is spot on is working and God is moving in a mighty way. Praise God. Jerry, I want you to talk to us a little bit about this. I've heard this before from you and it's truly uh, amazing because I think that there's people who, who are saying, Hey, I want to get involved, but you know, I'm too busy. I, I want to get involved, but. I felt like spitting in the ocean. You know, I mean, can I really make a difference? We talked about leadership and how leadership is you have to roll up your sleeves, get in a game. It's tough and make something happen and make a difference. And so you have what we call five leadership actions and principles. I think it's going to bless so many people. Can you share with us? The five leadership actions and principles. And listen, if you're
0: listening, you want to write this down because this is amazing. Sure. Absolutely, man. The first one is that leadership prays. And I guess we'll expound on these during the course of this conversation. But leadership prays. Number two is that leadership recognizes certain truths. And there are a number of truths that go along with that. Leadership is principled, which means it follows certain guidelines. Leadership applies experience and takes action hmm. and then the fifth is that leadership has accountability talk to us about this I think you know foundationally number one before you can get anywhere else it's that leadership prays. Mm-hmm. right and so you read any book on prayer um obviously i've i've, I've spent uh, you know a fair amount of time reading books on being a a, a, a godly husband being mm-hmm. a godly father you know and so a lot of the uh, books around like male leadership spiritual leadership And in those books, the statistics on the number of people that don't pray—it's it's it's fascinating, right? Mm -hmm. But I'll say this too: until I went through a professional change, right, and really a spiritual transformation, you know, I used to pray on the way to work in my car Mm -hmm. because I thought, like, you know, I've got so much stuff that I've got to do, (laughs) right? And then God, you know, really, you know, I had my one of my first major transformative changes in my life, you know, where God really got a hold of me and reappropriated my identity. And, and taught me that when I pray, I'm praying to the author of time and space. And so if there's anything that I have time to do, it's to get down on my knees in the God. morning in isolated time and pray, because anything that God who authored time, anything that he wants to have happen, the purpose of the Lord will stand. And so the least effective thing that I can do is rush through prayer time or not have it at all to get to what I need to accomplish as a weak and frail and flawed human, right? And so... First thing, you know, the realization that God brought me to was if there's one thing that you have time to do, it's to have an intimate relationship that is allowed through Jesus Christ with the Lord God Almighty, our creator and maker and defender, the lover of our souls. And He, with the purposes that He has, will appropriate time in the way that we need it. And so, number one, I would say is that leadership prays and then. And the way that we pray specifically as it relates to leadership is that God would mercifully reveal to us the sin in our identity and the way that we view the world, the sin in our time horizon of how much we think about this life versus what, what we think about eternity, the sin for the lack of thought that we give to our calling. What is it that God is calling us to do versus how do we actually spend our time? And listen, I'm talking to myself and these things (laughs) I've gone through, you know, where, you know, God has broken me down. But, you know, there are perspectives like, you know, for all these barriers, like you just referenced earlier, you know, people that want to get involved and, but they, you know, they, they, they think this or they think that I think revealing, you know, praying to God to reveal to us what our calling is and to give us the courage to give us the words to move forward. Right. God is a God of, action and creativity and proactivity and unity, and we are image bearers of God the Father Almighty, right? Man, woman, all the races, we're all made in the image of God, and we're called to be small, imperfect image bearers of Mm -hmm. him on this earth, right? And so uh, we need to pray that, uh, again, God will give us the the understanding what a calling is, Uh, remove the scales from our eyes so we can see where we have sin and and then give us the faith to move past that into action as image bearers. Man, I think that's so important. You know, one of the things I just shared with our congregation
1: that was talking about first fruits and just how the first commandment have no other God before me. It's this idea of giving God our first fruit, you know, as the Bible talk about tithing, you know, they were rebuked because they wouldn't they wouldn't give God the first fruit of their crops, the first fruit of their animals. And so they would bring crippled, lame, diseased yeah. animals to the Lord to sacrifice that opposed to saying, you get what's off the top. And, and, and we minimize prayer. Uh, and what you mentioned is that we can't move past that. Mm. We can't just, you know, spend time with the Lord on the way to work. Just, mm-hmm. I'll just go in the restroom and just read something quick. No, it's let's start our day mm. with Meditating on God's word in prayer, communicating with our heavenly Father. So, man, I think you're spot on with that.
0: Yeah, I man, I think you know a lot of the lack of energy that we can have, you know, with respect to to engaging in programs like LEC is because of the way that we think about life, mm-hmm. right? And, and and the thoughts that we have are manifestations of our hearts, right? And so, the first prayer is, God, please. Continue to transform me more and more into the supernaturally into the likeness of Christ, right? That my heart would be right, thus that my thoughts would be right, thus that my words and my actions would be right, right? And call us into the right action. And another thing is, you know, I would just encourage for my own personal life is as it relates to prayer. Uh, you can't expect miraculous things to happen from prayer if you're not praying.
1: <laughs> That's good. It's the second thing.
0: Uh, leadership recognizes truths, certain truths, you know, and, and one, I think paramount leadership quality is to recognize that time is short as humans. It is really fascinating how much we lose track of the fact that we're going to die one day and that there really is going to be a day for some, it's a surprise, but for, for a lot of society today with the way healthcare is, you lay on a bed for a while and you're going to have a chance to think about the way that you spent your whole life. And we don't want to get to the end of it and say, you know, I really just built my own kingdom. I really just did things for myself. I was really uh, greedy and introverted, and I really never fulfilled the calling that I was called. I really never loved the way that I should have loved. I was never really faithful the way that I should have been faithful. Like, we don't want to get to that place. And so I think that you know one of the foundational truths that leadership recognizes is that time is short and we need to take action. You know, and and uh, you know, for myself personally, Myron, you know this, but I'll just share. You know, I like as I look at my watch uh, right now. You know, it's it shows seven hours, forty two minutes, and fifty four seconds, and it and it's going down a second at a time. So I, I set my watch in the morning as a countdown because I like to think about if I had seven hours and forty two minutes and forty six seconds left to live, how would I spend the rest of this day? And it generally is not going to be doing things just to take care of myself feathering my own nest a little bit more. It really inspires me to think about, man, I want to get to the end of this life and I want to think about how did I create, how did God use me as a tool to create parity between my own children's lives and these kids in Fraser. Mm. If today's the last day. So I think one of the Mm. things that leadership recognizes Mm. that time is short and that we need to take action. I would say another truth that leadership recognizes, particularly as it relates to this work is just the relationship um, between self-worship and race Hmm. right and so you know one of the things that uh you know has really been convicting to me is my tendency and all of our tendencies to cheer for people who look like us oh man oh man Talked us a little bit about it. <laughs> I mean, you right? You watch a sporting event, you know, and like you know, generally the white person wants the white person to win, the black person wants Man. the black person to win. You're watching a, you know, a music awards. The white person wants the white person to win, the black person wants the black person to win. You know, and and I really believe, you know, so as I recognize this, or the Holy Spirit called it out yeah. in me, right? Some years ago, like you know, you start to dig in and go back to principle one, and you pray about that. Why is that? Well, it's the God made the first commandment, the first commandment for a reason. Thou shall have no other gods before me. And I really believe, certainly at least for myself, the first God that I have before God is the self-worship. Mm. Worship of myself. Right? And I want those people that look like me to do well because in some way it's making me feel like I'm doing oh, well. Right? My goodness. Like, you know, if I if I had it in my own sinful way, you know, I would be Michael Jordan and Tom Brady and the greatest musician and and Bill Gates and the most attractive male all wrapped into one. Yeah. (laughs) Right. You know, like it's it's just building our own kingdom. And so I think, you know, we leadership recognizes as a truth that tendency that we have and how we need to detach ourselves Mm -hmm. from that as Christian believers. Right. We cannot let that take hold. We got to call that out every time we recognize it in ourselves and in the appropriate way, and when we see it in others, Mm -hmm. right? Where we've got the relationship equity to say something. Yes. Right. And recognize like where that happens in society. Right. And so, and, and again, like going back to that first conversation that we have, how do we? How do we create parity? How do we levelize the playing field? How do we get people to start more and more from the same place? A component of it is we can't want people who look like us to be successful, right? To the detriment of those who don't look like us. My Lord. And so that's a truth that I think that Christian leadership recognizes and has to work against through prayer and then the, through like taking our thoughts captive mm-hmm. and taking action. Man, that's good. I remember you saying that at the
1: retreat that we had with uh, our churches. And I mean, and it was like, everybody was just startled, like, oh, God. That, like that, Don't that, say that, that out loud. That's right. That's right. You told the innermost <laughs> secrets of our hearts, you know. So that is good. What's
0: the the next one? Can I jump to one other thing? Yeah, I mean, come there. on. I think there's one three other, other thing. As we're talking about Christian leadership in the city, leadership in LEC, and how we approach things and how we think about things. There is such a thing as affluent apathy. Mm. And by affluent apathy, what I mean is this. If you get to the polarized parts you know, of the spectrum, right, there's racism, which I think white people generally define as like you really want bad things to happen that other race. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. But then there's this large spectrum by like a larger middle group that would say and then their hearts mean like I'm not racist. But what they are is apathetic. Mm hmm. They don't even think it's just not even in their world. You know, they just think about their own life and they think that other people have their own lives and there's really not any conflict between me just pursuing mine and they pursue theirs. And certainly as believers, you know, we are called not to be lukewarm and being lukewarm and being apathetic, I would say, are essentially the same. And what do you call the apathetic? Affluent apathy. Affluent apathy. That's good. Mm. So, you know, we can't be well-to-do, can't be rich, and just think about how to get richer or to take care of the riches that we've been given by God. Yeah. So we need to recognize that, right? There's like, you know, affluence uh, allows affluent people time and choice. And some of that time and some of that choice should be dedicated to ministries that God calls us into. One last thing I'll say just along those lines, too, is that as we think about affluent apathy and you go back to principle one and you pray, something to pray about is how sin calls us to lethargy and mediocrity mm-hmm. <laughs> versus being an image bearer. Yep. Right? So once again, we're the small, imperfect reflections of God on the earth. Uh, God is of creativity, proactivity, of unity, of love. God is not mediocre. Hmm. God is not lethargic. When we don't have the energy to get up and do the things that he called us to do, like we are not acting as image bearers at that Mm -hmm. time. And that's something for us to pray about, right? Go back to the well because all of the goodness comes from God, changing the hearts so that the thoughts change so the actions change, even down to the energy levels. Amen. So I think a leadership recognition is that when we feel lethargic and when we're satisfied with the status quo, that's sin, right? And we are called to being an image bearer. Amen. Amen. And I, and I know one of the things that can make
1: you a lethargic is when you see so much taking place, you know, and I think some, so many people in our city can look at what's taking place and what the news, uh, displays that take place in the inner city. And it's just, it's like, man, I mean, I can't do anything about it. We need an overhaul. Like, I, I, what can my involvement do? I know one of the things that you do that's really uh, encouraging is that you don't watch the news. Why don't you watch the news? I mean. <laughs>
0: Number one, I would say, you know, because I, I know some people could say that that's an irresponsible thing to do, but I will just tell you, like, all of the major things that happen, i become aware of those things. And, you know, I, I can't say I don't spot check and that type of thing. I do some of that. But in terms of, like, watching the news, what I mean by that is uh, I'm not going to have uh, positions in propaganda and propaganda and just an excessive amount mm-hmm. right of information that I have no control over dominate my life. I want my thoughts to come from the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and mm-hmm. uh, I don't want that to be crowded out by, by bad news, right? Uh, and again, as an image bearer, I want to be active and I want to pursue the attributes of God in the world and, and I just find that overindulging in those types of things can bring us to lethargy and a bad attitude and even a bad heart toward mm-hmm. things that you see that go on in culture as opposed to like pouring into God's word, pouring into prayer uh, and taking positive action. It's good. What's another leadership principle? Yeah, so the third one is leadership is principle, right? So it follows certain guidelines, and I think a, a, you know one that I know has become a mantra with with some of the kids. But it's short term easy, long term hard. Oh, yeah. Short term hard, long term easy. Yeah. My son, look, look, my son, <laughs> my son told me that before. You know, you know that he
1: knows that. You know, short term easy, long term hard. Short-term, hard, long-term,
0: easy. Talk to us about it. man, and it's one of those things, right? You're just like, you wish that sometimes it wasn't true, but put it up against anything. You know what I'm saying? Like short-term, easy, long-term, hard is like burgers, uh, a Coke, and French fries. That's short-term, easy, tastes good right now. Long-term, you do that day after day after day, right? Long-term, you're making it hard. Short-term, hard is... Having a better diet, right? Eating some baked fish and some vegetables and drinking more water, right? That's short-term hard. It's a harder decision. But long-term makes for good health. And, um, you know, I think leadership recognizes principles like that. And and that's, you know, one of the purposes is if you look at a secular reason for supporting LEC, you should want this ministry to thrive as a secular person, right? Because short-term, that hard work that's being done at LEC to invest in kids that are outside of your family – Long-term, that's making it easy on society. Alternatively, if we look at some of the state of the things that we're in right now, yeah. it's because years ago, people took short-term easy. Hey, I'm going to mm. take care of myself, oh, and I'm going to alienate and ignore and leave on an island people, mm. right? And if they're disenfranchised, what's that do to me, right? And now if we look at the manifestations that are in the world today in 2022 – Right. So that was that's an example, you know, of those years ago what was short term easy, but now it's long term hard for us, right? Oh, man. Right? The battle is bigger. You know, leadership's principled in that way and that, you know, recognizes these these truths in the world and, and takes action on them. Number four. Leadership applies experience and takes action, you know, and I know we're we're getting near time, so I'll just say on that, you know, we talked in the last one just about how, you know, for me personally I recognized, you know, the 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 bad choices that I had made in my life and, and also things that uh, God blessed and worked well and memorialize that into a book for my son. Mm-hmm. And that was a way for me to take my own personal experience and then take action on improving it mm-hmm. for the next, you know? And I think that that's the work that LEC is all about is, is how can we take the good and how can we give wise counsel on the bad mm-hmm. and uh, propel them to a, you know, to a place in life that they normally couldn't achieve. Let's go to the, the, the fifth one. Yeah, the fifth one is just leadership has accountability. Mm-hmm. Right. There's a study that you can find uh, by Dr. Gail Matthews. Okay. It's, you can Google it, you know, and it talks about if you, uh, if a person has written goals, right, they're like 30 mm-hmm. something percent more likely to accomplish them than those who have goals, but they're not written down. And then secondly, if they share their progress or their results with a friend, at some regular frequency, then it moves up to like 77% more likely yeah. to accomplish those goals, right? And so leadership recognizes like we all have to have accountability. And so like I, I keep a personal scorecard of mm-hmm. things that I want to do throughout the week, spiritual actions that I want to take, things for my physical health, things for our business. Um, and, and also on my personal scorecard is activity with LEC. Mm-hmm. And I think as Christian leaders in the community, we should have accountability. In terms of how we spend our time and how we invest our time in the kingdom, and um, and and we have to know that without accountability, we will do less than when we open ourselves to accountability. Man, praise God, Jerry, that is some good stuff. So we got
1: about a minute left. Um, your final thoughts in terms of leadership in the city? I'm a uh, an individual that's listening. How can I use my leadership to get involved in the city, LEC, and Great things that's taking place in the city.
0: I would say reach out to Myron and LEC and have a conversation with him, with us, you know, about this ministry, this program. You know, there are other things, obviously, introductions that that uh, we could make as well. But my, you know, my closing thought would be to take action. You know, we're going to die one day. You know, we want to be on that bed and look back and say, hey, you know, I, I was used by the kingdom. I answered the call. There's fulfillment in that. And so uh, take action. Call Myron, and uh, let's have a conversation. <laughs> and there's all kinds of opportunities with the kids. All right. Anybody want to contact you? How can they reach you? Jerry Corliss, J-E-R-R-Y-C-O-R-L-E-S-S at Outlook.com. All right. And if you want to contact Myself, LECMemphis.org,
1: LECMemphis.org. This was amazing, Jerry. Thanks for your time, man. We appreciate you for talking about leadership in the city. Uh, We commend you for the work that you're doing in the inner city. So thanks for being a great friend and a great brother um, of mine. So thanks for listening today, Mid-South Viewpoint. I'm Myron Thomas in for Byron Tyler, and I hope that you have a great day. God bless.
0: I'm Byron Tyler with a special thanks to our guest host today, Mid-South Viewpoint, on the air now for 36 years. Today's show is available on our website at botradionetwork.com and on podcast platforms like iTunes, Spotify, and Amazon Music.